Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash. This is a show where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Frank Babcock. He is the Senior National Sales Manager at Spectrum Reach. He is a member of the Board of Directors for the National Blues Museum and a board member on UMMAF. That stands for United States Mixed Martial Arts Federation. It's a not-for-profit founded for the development of amateur competitive mixed martial arts for future acceptance as a participating Olympic sport. Welcome, Frank. Well, thanks, Mish. I really appreciate the opportunity to see you and be with you. Well, I love hanging out with you. I, I actually have said this several times. I just want to hang out with Frank for, you know, months on end because you do the most— the, you, you always have these cool stories. You always have these stories about, oh, I just— I did this cool thing, and then I flew over there, and I met this person, and you fascinate me. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, well, a lot of it is just, that's just the way I live. I, you know, I have some wonderful opportunities to meet a lot of people, and uh, they've been great to me. To me, it's a opportunity to learn from other people. So, there's so many things we could talk about, but let's start with the Blues Museum here in St. Louis. Sure. Tell tell us tell us about the Blues Museum. I'm I'm going to go in a couple of weeks. What should I absolutely go check out there? Oh my goodness, there's so much to look at. Uh, I took my mother down. We did a walkthrough, and we were there for three hours. I know everything that was there, and I spent the time along with her reading a lot and. Uh, I didn't even get through everything that I really wanted to see. I'm so busy and focused on making this a part of the nation and a part of St. Louis. We have a phenomenal area that is all about St. Louis artists, and it highlights a lot of the musicians uh, that are here, that are performing, as well as historical. Those have been around nationally. There's some phenomenal artists that you can see. I got involved because I had a club years and years ago <laughs> and I had a uh, just another thing you've done no, over the years no, it, you know that it was uh, a love of life and a love of the musicians they helped me when I was very young and gave me guidance uh, some fantastic artists that uh, were very personal to me I got away from the music after um, a couple of my mentors and great friends passed away albert king henry townsend jb hutto my club's name was jb hutto okay and uh, i took my mailing list and started the st louis blues society after i closed the club and then the society has moved on john may who runs uh, bb's jazz blues and soups down on south broadway he is a very close friend i call him my brother uh, because we have so many similarities and likes but he's been for 20 years driving the music and he told me about the museum, uh, and I had an opportunity to meet a couple of the people in the museum. I listened to what they had to say. I was very intrigued. I was at the first board meeting. And honestly, when they told me what they were going to do, because this is so personal to me, I broke out in tears. I was so happy Aww. that this was going to actually come to St. Louis. They were you know, really focused business people, which I loved. They... Uh, got behind it. They raised $13 million. It took a long time. I think a lot of people didn't believe it was going to happen. Uh, Rob Endicott from Brian Cave became a, a, a very close friend just recently because they asked me to join the board of directors. I was stunned and, and delighted to do it. Uh, I brought in media and uh, got behind promoting it before it opened. I ran a big television campaign on charter communications tied in with a lot of my clients and sponsors. 
And then when it opened, I had an opportunity to meet Dion Brown, who actually came up from Mississippi and ran the B.B. King Museum for five years. We got to be very close friends, and I, again, I told him more than I should have about why I'm involved, why I like the music, how much I love St. Louis, and our opportunities to promote music as a as the heartbeat and rhythm of the Midwest and how important it was. Because a lot of the museum artifacts and people that are talked about are national artists, big names, Lightning okay. Hopkins. I mean, big, big names. And many of them played my club. They're no longer here. That's a long time ago. Um, so I, I'm talking too much about no, me, it's, but it's important no, to it's me fabulous. historically. So I've done uh, uh, a lot of introductions so that we could get business people that are focused with the same passion, much more strong, stronger than I, because they have the ability to help fund the types of things that we want to bring in. We're, we are a, um, affiliated with the Grammy Museum, which is big. There's only five in the world that are affiliated with the Grammy. So there's a, a tremendous amount of things that have happened, and it's been a pleasure to bring a lot of clients and friends, introduce them to the museum, and everyone walks away saying it was an amazing place to visit. I can't wait to check it out. And then, and so you have the museum, but there's also a special event space in there for people that want to bring in parties and what have you. And then there's also, there's going to be the live shows. Well, that's correct. There's two different uh, rooms. Uh, one is named after Scott McQuaggan and his wife, and that's where special features. We have a showing that'll be there through the end of the year, which is called Faces. There's a wonderful young lady. She's blind, by the way. Um, she actually creates uh, the same way that they do for movie casts. Uh, she will put a cast on a, on a musician, and they encourage everybody to uh, reach out, touch, and feel the cast. And yeah, there's a, just a an amazing sense of of relationships you get when you put your hands up on the faces of these oh, musicians. Cool. It's quite amazing. There are many different things that we're looking at, uh, which hopefully will be down the road. Uh, the uh, Allman Brothers uh, tour we'd love to bring in, and Devin Allman that plays here in town and also oversees a lot of local musicians uh, with a feature that they do out, out at... Um, uh, the casino out west. Okay. There's and he's uh, in and out of town a lot because he's on tour over to Europe. We have the uh, Eric Clapton tour, which comes from the Grammy. We'd love to be able to bring that in. It's just a matter of time. And then uh, the Stevie Ray Vaughan also, Stevie Ray Vaughan tour. There's a lot of things that would associate where we could tie in some of the artists that would come to town that would have an opportunity to play because they have been a part of those bands. Uh, there's more things going on with uh, fabulous artists behind the scenes. And what really focuses it is that Henry Townsend, they call him the godfather of, uh, you know, St. Louis and music. Okay. He was a mentor uh, to me and a mentor to John May and a lot of the people in town. Bernie Hayes is on the board, and Bernie is just a phenomenal uh, historical icon that knows everything about the music. His wife, UV, is one of the most incredible singers. So we have a whole host of really premier artists that are going to do a big show uh, that uh, Spectrum Reach will be presenting to the public. Well, not necessarily to the advertising community and business community in October. All oh, of those things are, are tied into actual performances that will be taking place by individual artists and their backup musicians 
uh, from time to time in the performance area. And then we'll be looking for many other uh, museum artifacts that we can bring in. I'm working with a couple of different companies that would help us do that, and we're developing the sponsors to get behind that. Uh, we are getting a tremendous amount of recognition nationally and locally from every every media and every press you can possibly think of. I love it. So it's another wonderful jewel in the St. Louis crown. I'm I'm just ecstatic to be a small part of it. It's really exciting and it's personal. Yeah. Oh well, I love it. So go to the so National Blues Museum is the that you have a website and all the events, and you can get on the mailing list so that you know what's going on there at all times, correct? We encourage people to come and see it. Once you see it, you'll be telling many, many other people how fantastic it is. Uh, it's an exciting thing. You can actually create your own music while you're there. Oh, fun. Uh, and there's uh, a lot of different interactive opportunities. Awesomeness. We are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with Frank Babcock. Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and I'm the owner of 100th Monkey Media. 100th Monkey Media specializes in affordable and very effective social media solutions for the small to medium-sized business. Our goal is to create a social media presence that shows off who you are, what you do, and delivers brand loyalty and raving fans. Contact us today to learn what 100th Monkey Media can do for you. 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or 100thmm.com. Hi, and we are back, and we are talking to Frank Babcock, and we just had this awesome... We just you gave us all this awesome knowledge about the National Blues Museum, but let's talk about UMMAF. I mean, that has gone... It is skyrocketing, and what has happened with that? Um, I think I have some fantastic people that are very passionate about the sport. Uh, I am on the international board, uh, which is the IMMAF, International Mixed Martial Arts Federation out of Sweden. And we are focused on moving the sport towards the Olympics. The IMMAF started in 2012 with some of the big, big names uh, from a variety of countries it came about as an idea to uh, centralize the sport. It is the culmination of all individual sports, uh, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, judo, boxing, everything culminating into a sport called mixed martial arts. With the movement of the UFC Ultimate Fighting Championships, uh, they came to us, helped us formulate and start and sponsored the international organization to develop individual countries where they would oversee the safety of amateur development for those athletes that would like to move on to a professional rank, or if they don't have the capabilities, make sure that they are overseen for safety standards. Uh, as I say, two athletes walk into the ring or the cage, one walks out a winner, the other one needs to train harder. Yep. And there, there are no losers. It takes a tremendous commitment to actually step in uh, to the competition area. Well, and it's very. I think it's really evident when you when you see what they're talking about on the Facebook page. It's very evident. This is a super dedicated, committed group. Well, they definitely are. I mean, it it really started in Sweden uh, with August Whalen, uh, phenomenal instructor, coach, uh, participant, uh, and, and then many other people have come on to the board. Uh, and in three years' time, we have a 
uh, signed up 69 countries uh, and verified that they have the quality, they meet the dynamics to be recognized by their sport community or by their uh, Olympic Federation or by their sports council within those countries as the exclusive organization backing amateur mixed martial arts. In the United States, we are the uh, UMMAF, which is the United States Mixed Martial Arts Federation, directly under Kick International, which is our parent corporation. We're a not-for-profit 501c3 written under the Ted Stevens Amateur Olympic Sports Act, which means if you're going to go to the Olympics, there are many, many requirements to get there, uh, legal requirements. Right. I started moving the sport of kickboxing in the United States and worked with uh, Mike Anderson and Fred Wren. Mike Anderson actually was the founder and the originator of the World Association of Kickboxing Organizations, which is the world organization for kickboxing. Okay. That organization has been pushing to get into the Olympics for 30-some-odd years. We have done more in three years than they have done in all of those years. Oh, awesome. It's really quite incredible, but the drive is, is because... Uh, the UFC wants to move into all these other countries, and the international organization is uh, what the stair step needs to provide that recognition for them. So I just got finished running the world championships. This is my third year in a row out in Las Vegas, uh, world championships of amateur um, mixed martial arts. It was fascinating. We had 38 countries participate. Oh, gosh. And we will be at 100 countries by this time next year. We are signing on as a signatory of the World Anti-Doping Association, WADA. Very good. And then we file with the Sport Accord, which is the next step. A lot of politics to get through that step. Oh, I'm positive. I can't even imagine. I uh, mean, just watching you over the past few years build this. And, I mean, and... Do you feel, do you have a sense that this that this is going to happen? It's going to be an Olympic sport? Well, I hope I'm here, and I do believe <laughs> it will be. I mean, I, I, I know we have to be at 70 countries to file with the International okay. Olympic Committee. And we're at 69 countries firm, Very committed close. right now. Uh, we have to file with the Sport Accord first, then we file with the International Olympic Committee. So all of those things are progressing uh, do I believe it? Yes. Uh, to become a recognized Olympic sport, we have several that don't compete on the Olympic stage. Karate, for example, many, many. So to be accepted, I absolutely believe it. What would be the timing and when we would get there and what will be the ramifications? Will the sport change? I don't have any answers for all that. I believe that there will be quite a few changes. But within the Olympic community, uh, they say that none of it has anything to do with money but it all has to do with visibility and the participation of the individual sport, which does draw viewers. Right. That exactly. is worldwide recognition. This is the fastest growing sport in the history of the world. Really? Yes. No question about it. You can look up any uh, media facts and uh, mixed martial arts is the fastest growing sport. Oh, my god. It's gosh. quite incredible. Oh my, and well, and it takes in so many different types of sports all under one roof, really. Yes. And I think that that, I mean, that's got to help. But then what, I mean, when you're looking at all of these amateur, competitive, you know, these these MMA kids, they're kids to me anyway, <laughs> they're all so young, but these MMA kids, I mean, what do you what do you see for them in the future? Like what part are they playing right now in making all this happen? Well, the amateurs um, 
are looking for an opportunity to move into the professional ranks at, at this level. We want to, as an organization, give them the opportunity to test themselves and to improve upon their abilities by meeting many different coaches and have the opportunity to compete on a national forum where they are recognized, whether it be uh, an event within an individual state or you move up to regional recognition or nationals. Our nationals were held uh, in April this past year, and that qualified the United States team to compete in the world. Uh, With many of the teams, we're looking at bringing uh, international teams to compete within the United States. Those conversations are going on uh, within past just this past week with many different countries okay. and several of our promoters throughout the United States. I, I'm again. I have a lot of other people that are um, really passionate about uh, seeing that the sport continues to grow. My interests are the legalities, assisting the state athletic commissions, uh, being a part of what needs to happen to protect our athletes within the United States under amateur status. We have uh, one person that's a two-time gold medalist, uh, Jose Shorty Torres. He received a um, contract with Titan Professional, and uh, the UFC is evaluating him and talking to him now. Another young man who just won uh, his second gold medal, Will Starks, and I believe that they are also, Titan is now going after him. And that is an opportunity to get on the world stage, to compete internationally. And it is a great thing that is important for the athletes where years ago, the people that started this, like Matt Hughes, who was Mm -hmm. on our board of directors, nine-time UFC Phenomenal, phenomenal person. Great. I mean, just so interesting to be around and a wonderful guy. Um, He didn't have an amateur opportunity. This was not even available when he started. His very first fight was a pro fight that he got paid a small amount of money and then developed his career. And uh, he went out and he did it all. He led the industry and the UFC as uh, one of the tops of all times. And he is... um, quiet, unassuming. He's now doing uh, an outdoor, on the outdoor network, he's doing a hunting show. He loves doing that. Very incredible person, but you'll find so many people that have mixed interests, have great opportunities. And what this does is it teaches the individual how to communicate, how to utilize their physical talents, as well as their mental needs and grow. Uh, Shorty was a 4-0 student and a graduate of college, and we have quite a few others that are in college, and they cannot compete professionally until they graduate from college. Oh, gosh. So there's there's many aspects to all of this. That's And then so if somebody wants to get involved... Is there there's an application process correct that they well can? they can they can apply online okay. and it really if they can either attend a nationally recognized certified gym or they could reach out to us by email we're not in every state where we have verified uh, the right coaches okay. that's a growing experience so gotcha. if we don't have events within their area uh, that's just something that will continue to grow we work with valor. We work with uh, King of the Cage. We work with uh, our national directors are out of um, handling the southeast, uh, southwest. We're talking to states up in the northeast. We're not in a lot of those states. New York. Okay. uh, We're not in New Jersey. We're not in Arizona, state of Washington, 
down to Florida, crisscrossing the country. We've got people that are out there every single week overseeing events and bringing people into the organization. And what's the website they go to? Uh, it's the uh, USAMMAKIF.org. You can get there with a redirect. Really simple. Okay. org. Awesome. It will send you right to that website. And the easy way to remember it is the United States Mixed Martial Arts Federation. Dot org is really important. It's right. not a dot com. It's not a dot com. It's U-M-M-A-F dot org. All right. Well, thank you. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with Frank Babcock. This is Mickey Hancock. Now's a good time to get a snack. My mom's going to do another commercial. If you're looking for an agency to help you with creating and publishing engaging content, launching campaigns, or reputation management, 100th Monkey Media is the social media agency for you. Make your business successful with its social media and get a real return from your investment. 100th Monkey Media is far more affordable than you may think, and we make it easy and impactful. Learn how 100th Monkey Media can help you on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and more. Contact us at 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. And we are back with Frank Babcock. Okay, this is the part where I get to ask you questions. I'm in trouble. (laughs) I I promise not to ask you to, like, give away any secrets. (laughs) I probably can't remember them anyway. (laughs) Okay, so... On the on the the idea of the blues, the blues. What is the most surprising thing that you've learned about the blues or about a blues musician? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I know. Did I open up? Oh, okay, yeah. here we go. Yeah, Just I mean, like something that that people will be like, "Really? I never knew that." Well, I, I yeah, I'm stunned. I don't even know how to answer that. The only <laughs> thing I can do is relate to some of the personal instances, and then perhaps answer your question. Cool. Perfect. There was a a phenomenal guy by the name of Homesick James. He came to St. Louis to play at my club years ago and became a very close friend. He became very ill and wound up staying with me for six months. Um, He was so sick, I called my physician, you know, you've got to help me. He was at my house. I didn't know what to do. And, uh, we nursed him back to health, and then I asked him to stick around for a while. He was uh, played on a lot of Elmore James slide guitarists, played on a lot of Elmore James recordings. Phenomenal name. He became uh, and was at the time very close to Henry Townsend, uh, Robert Lockwood Jr., and they actually toured together in their later years, in their 90s. Really? And it was fascinating. I nursed him back to health, and when I knew he was back to health, I didn't realize he was feeling so great when he said to me, you think you got a little something you could give me? And I don't know, what do you want? An aspirin? What can I get you? Do you need some medicine? And he said, uh, a little Martell would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and meantime, over that six month time period, that's the first cognac I'd ever had in my life. I got so sick drinking with him one night, <laughs> but it opened up a whole series of things, which is why I asked him to stay in town play with a lot of the recording artists that we had. And he gave so much of his life, education and knowledge to a lot of the artists and helped many of them step up to become better artists and performers. This is what I found about a lot of the artists. They were giving back 
their knowledge and their culture to a lot of the artists that made and opened the door for a lot of our St. Louis artists to step up their act, be better, and really knock it out of the park with the quality of talent that we now have came from a lot of these artists that that came into town and visited. They didn't just put on a show. Wow. They shared their lives. So he kind of opened up the path for a number of musicians. Well, he's not the only one. J.B. Hutto did the same thing. Left Hand Frank did the same thing. Henry Townsend shared his life with with many of the people uh, in town and became very close. So when you, if you were not into being as close as a lot of us were to them and their lives, uh, you would just go as a spectator and say, wow, that was a great show. But once you got to know them because they shared their 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 knowledge, their history, they would talk about their time riding the rails in the various cities that they would go to and how they learned their passion, which later became their trade. Lightning Hopkins was the same way. Pine Top Perkins was the same way. Carrie Bell and the entire family. I can list... I can list easily two dozen musicians who I became very, very close to. And the same thing happened. And are they all in the museum? Are they they represented in any Uh, way? Many of them are because they were the legends, but nowhere near all of them that came through St. Louis. And now you have the new breed. Uh, Last night, there was a great show, harmonica, a harp fest, a lot of harmonica musicians who were talking about what they learned and what they saw from the history of uh, just standing near the gravesite of Sonny Boy Williamson, for example, and talking about, well, this is how they say, they tell you where a place is. See that tree over there? You see that tombstone? Well, that's where a Walgreens used to be or a Walmart. This is how they give directions. Right. This is the story that was being told by this musician, young artist. Right. Um, I just listened to him and I was... I know how those stories go, right? Because right. I was around a lot of those forty years ago. So you oh, know, how knowing and listening to that it gives me chills. And many of us uh, look at those artists that are out there, and you've got Big George Brock, who's a living legend in St. Louis now, traveling worldwide, and uh, you know he's carrying the flag of St. Louis along with Barbara Carr and uh, oh, so many. But this is a this market, because of Chuck Berry, uh-huh. is a crossover of rock and roll and blues. And then because of other artists, it's more of soulful R&B, Ike and Tina Turner. Right. And then you have a, mu- a musician's delicatessen of all kinds of different things because this was a musician's market for piano as well as guitar Um the artists are just phenomenal when you really get into the history, and that's what you'll find at the museum. Oh, I can't wait to go. All right, ready for your next question? No, oh, yes. <laughs> okay, so let's say you could put together your own MMA dream team. And it doesn't matter what era the fighter comes from. You just got to put them together in their prime. Who would it be? I wouldn't. You wouldn't? I'm looking to the future and those right. that are going to follow uh, the the lead of those that have been because this is about personalities as well as the physical capabilities gotcha. and talent. There are – the dream team would be hard to put together because they come with so many variations. Uh, if you look at – oh, if you look at a, some of the great greats of wrestling from uh, from Dan – from Don Fry, you know – to, uh, well, obviously, Matt Hughes. I mean, these people are out there training and helping people today. So 
to look at the dream team of what they were, it's a passion, as Matt Hughes would say, it's the passion of thinking you can do it no matter what. Because if you want to walk that tightrope and if you are looking to the left or right and you're worried about falling, you will fall. You have to look ahead, understand that you have the capabilities and that you are on that line because you can do it and no one else can do what you do. So that's a passion. That's a drive. Right. I drive my life with things that I want to do, things that I care about, because I find other people that I want to really absorb some of their character, their knowledge, their fierceness in getting things accomplished. I'm just a businessman, and I'm very fortunate to have spent a lot of time with a lot of other people who become who have become great, great friends. Uh, so for me, I really prefer to be behind the scenes and uh, just help a little just, bit wherever I can. See see what, what happens. See I what love happens, it. yeah. I mean, drive your passions. So at this point, I think that we could uh, say that with everything you've done, someone could write about 27 books about your life, but let's say there's just going to be one book written about you. What's the title going to be? I, um, <laughs> <laughs> a wannabe. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> a wannabe. But yeah. you've done so much. It's amazing. <sighs> You're behind the scenes of so many things. And, and it, it just amazes me every time I talk to you. I love, and the history that you know about the city and all of the various places you have touched in this city and been a part of. It, I mean, it really is fascinating, Frank. You're a fascinating human being. Well, I appreciate that. I don't think of it as anything other than if you're there, find out more about what's there. So I travel a lot. I have uh, markets all across the country where I do business. I go look for music. Um, I have martial artists that I'm very close to. I was fortunate enough to be around the best of the best. Uh, I lived in in uh, you know following them and learning from them, and I gained a little bit of knowledge every place I went. And that's really what it's about. You know, it's open your eyes, pay attention to what's going on, be a part of it, be passionate, drive your life, and enjoy it. Fabulous. Thank you, Frank, for being a guest. No, today. Mish, thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it. And those are awesome words. A great way to end this particular show. Thank you so much, Frank, and uh, we will catch you all next time. 